Welcome to Energetically Speaking with Ariel Hardy. In our program today, we'll explore some of the most common issues people go to energy healers for, what these conditions look like energetically, and also how to maintain your energy field yourself. Now here's your host, Ariel Hardy. Welcome to Energetically Speaking. I'm Ariel. Today is my eighth show. Thank you guys for joining me in all these shows. And if you need to catch up, just go back and listen to them all. You can find them on Voice America or on my website, arielenergyhealer.com. Today's show is going to be about spiritual parenting. So, you know, I've had two careers my whole adulthood. One career was raising my children and the other career was being an energy healer. And now that my first career is over, where I have an 18-year-old and a 23-year-old, my boyfriend now has brought in two kids uh, who are five and eight. So I'm getting to do it again, which you're going to learn from the show today is super, super fun, super easy, and super spiritual and very, very rewarding. And that's going to be a lot of what the show is about today, a way to parent in a very graceful, beautiful, magical way. So the show today is basically targeting the U.S. because um, that's where I witness most parenting um, issues. And it's also going to be targeting kids zero to nine. There will be a show coming up on teenagers. And in that show, I might include preteens, 10 to 12, because they have their whole other set of challenges that they are working with. The show today has three parts to it. The first is energetically, as an energy healer in the healing room for 20 years, what do I see in children? And this whole first part of the show will be me just reading to you from my notes on these kids, and you will be surprised at what I am seeing in children. The second part of the show is all about grounding children, which we can do in the form of discipline and boundaries, which they love and they need. And I'll be teaching you a way to make that super fun for them and for you, a way to keep your mood high vibration without getting upset, and a way to keep your kids' moods high vibration. Um, Parenting, step parenting, I want you guys to take it on as if they're your own. You know, none of this, well, I'm a step parent and I need to get out of my power and I need to step back out of the way and, and just let them parent and let the kid have room. If you're an adult in the house, jump in and parent, be that leader. If your child is on the spectrum of autism or if your child has any kind of mental disorder like bipolar, I want you to go ahead and use these parenting techniques. I have a dear, dear friend of mine who actually works with these children every single day during the week, and this works on them. She has tested this out for me. I actually have kids in the house today while I'm doing this show. So online radio is done from your home. You call into a studio, and you have an engineer who manages your sound quality and makes sure everything goes smoothly. And I know a lot of people who won't even get their long-distance energy healing from me if their children are home. But I'm going to do a worldwide radio show with a five-year-old and an eight-year-old in the house to show you how it's done. (laughs) Third section, how to guide kids spiritually. They crave it. Their bodies are new. They have not been on the planet as long as we have. So they relate more to the spiritual than they do to the physical. So be sure you're talking to them soul to soul. And there'll be a lot in this show on how to do that. Right before the show started, 
I took the eight-year-old daughter girl outside and I sat on the back porch and I said, pray with me. We're going to pray about the show. You know, she was watching her iPad, some, some show on it. I'm like, let's go outside. I'm going to pray about the show. And we sat and we prayed. And I just asked that my message comes through. And I asked that I'm able to help parents and kids along this journey together. And then when we were finished, she asked a future-related question, like, when will the show start? And so I just dropped it back to the moment and said, right now, I'm watching the wind in the trees. Do you see all that energy in the tree? She said, wow, that's a lot of energy. And we just sat there in silence. And I said, that is God. She said, wow. So that's what I want to bring into our parenting. Not just like these random moments where your kid says something magical like that, but all the time. Like this is where we want to live from. This is where we want to parent from. Children who come for energy healings usually still have their sight, meaning they can see the colors, they can see the energy, they can see the patterns in the energy field as I'm working on them. The level that I always work in is just I'll see everything is white light or everything is bright yellow or everything is blue. But there's a basic level of the energy field. And you'll learn about this in books if you just pick up any book on energy healing. They'll talk about how every chakra or vortex in the body is a different color. And the base one, the one that connects us to the ground, so it's between the legs, goes down to the earth, is red. I don't work on this level, but if you look it up everywhere, you'll see these are the red, orange, yellow, like that just goes up through the body. And kids will always say red. As soon as I work with them and I get the energy flowing, I'll say, what, what do you see? And the very first thing they say is red. Because that shows me that I've got them grounded. I've got the energy coming through their legs. So if any kids are listening today, grounded doesn't mean you're in trouble. <laughs> it means energy is moving through you to the ground. I've, I've learned over the years to clarify that when kids are on my table. <laughs> so there's also a level of the energy field that has all of these grids or mesh layers in it. And this protects us. It holds our energy in. It cocoons us. And kids will always say they see triangles or diamonds. And the reason is because these lines are crisscrossing and forming triangle shapes and diamond shapes. Kids also feel the energy in their sessions. Many adults feel this too when they get healing sessions, but kids usually start cracking up laughing because they feel tingling or tickling or they'll say it feels like cool wind on their skin. And sometimes they'll feel a huge massive amount of emotion as I'm moving something very painful from their heart chakra from a divorce or something. So here we go. I'm going to jump into my notes that I've taken through the 20 years on all the children that have come. And I only got to a few of these, by the way. Um, there's going to be a book on children and teens that I'm working on coming out. If you want in on that, go to my website, arielenergyhealer.com. Sign into uh, the homepage so you can get on the mailing list. Because I swear I had four times as much material that can fit into this hour. And I had to delete most of it. So here we go. I worked on a two-year-old boy. And I cleared a dark entity from his head. I worked on a girl whose parents brought her because she had different personalities ever since she'd been in a hospital. I cleared ghosts and entities from her that she picked up on in the hospital and had brought home with her. I worked on a four-year-old boy who was afraid of thunder and lightning and fireworks because he wasn't grounded. And because he wasn't grounded, he couldn't potty train. There was dark energy all around him, keeping him in fear. I cleared this and grounded him soon after he was potty trained. I worked on a three-year-old girl. 
I cleared her base chakra and her second chakra in the abdomen, the base to the ground. Both of these formed the grounding system. She was out of control, a sign of ungroundedness. She was spinning with no foundation. The mother was the same. She had copied the patterns from the mother. I worked on an eight-year-old boy who saw colors. He was not grounded, and as I pulled the energy through his legs, his legs began jarring and jerking as the energy moved through. I pulled the dark energy of nightmares out of a boy. This felt so strong to him as I pulled the black scenes out of his head or the night terrors from past lives out of his body that he turned to his mother and he said, can you ask the healer to be more gentle, please? I worked on a boy who had such dark energy around him that it even felt creepy to me. It had come from his mother who had been exposed to a suicide in her family. I cleared and cleared and cleared him the entire session. I got him grounded, empowered, expanded his light, centered him and balanced him, brought in the spirit guides. I worked on a three-year-old boy who saw dark energy all around him. He couldn't focus. He had major meltdowns constantly. He was ungrounded. His hips and legs were blocked. He was off balance. I worked on a five-year-old boy. I tied him to earth because he was ungrounded. He had nightmares. His teacher heard him say to another kid at school, the devil is in me. And the other boy said, I want the devil in me. And he said, no, you don't want this. They tricked me and now it is in me. I pulled the black energy out. I removed the ghosts from his field. I called on God. I called on Jesus. I called on the archangels and the angels. And I pulled it out of him. He went from rigid and shaking to limp and relaxed and breathing deeply. I worked on a four-year-old boy. An angel gave him a coating or a bubble of calm, nurturing light around him. He could see and describe every single thing I was doing in the session. I took scary, dark energy off of his soul center in the upper chest. I connected him to source so that he's always protected. I grounded him. His father was not grounded. The boy was like a sponge, sponging up the rage and the frustration that his father was experiencing. I worked on a seven-year-old boy. He was upset that he wasn't perfect. He had dark energy all around him. He was not grounded. He couldn't get clear. There was no flow in his body. I pulled the energy of his cousin off of him. His cousin was crazy and out of control because of a suicide in his home. I cleared the seven-year-old boy who was covered in this energy, and I built him a whole new grounding system. I cleared the frustration from a boy who needed space from his sister. His dad's voice and his sister's voice were constantly making him angry because he didn't have a strong enough boundary system. I worked on an adopted boy who could feel the energy from the cord to his biological parent who was bipolar. So every time that bipolar parent would have a swing, so would the boy. I worked on an adopted boy whose parent was a meth addict, his biological parent. So I disconnected them so that he could be right here right now in his new home and not swinging from the moods of the biological parents still tied to him. I worked on an eight-year-old boy who felt powerless. 
he had demonic energy in his solar plexus, in the stomach. His mind was brilliant. His energy field was too sophisticated for this planet. I had to integrate him in so that he could handle it here. They are calling it sensory integration disorder. He had past life memories and emotions from those moving through him, still connected to another time, another place. I helped him to be here now, to get grounded. His guides helped me give him new patterns. He had energy in his energy field, in his bubble, from his grandfathers, his parents, his teachers, other kids, entities. I cleared these made his bubble bright, and grounded him. I worked on a a five-and-a-half-year-old boy with a huge third eye and crown. He would feel a vibration in his body when he got angry. The anger sat like a red block or a brick in his solar plexus, in his stomach area. He couldn't move the anger through, and he couldn't get grounded through his legs because his base was completely black and cut off. His throat was energetically clogged and his heart was hurting. He had gashes in his solar plexus. He was sensitive and lacking energetic grid layers or boundaries around himself. He felt like everyone's energy was intruding on him. This world was offensive to him. He was so in tune that he saw all the colors and was so nice and so good on the healing table. He moved his legs with the energy as he felt the light go through. I worked on a boy who needed me to build a matrix around him to protect him. He also needed his hips opened up. They were tight and the physical tension was blocking the grounding system. His sister would boss him around and her energy would hit him in the solar plexus and stick there and throw him into rage. He could not get rid of it. He could not move it. I worked on a three-year-old boy who was not interested in the lower body of potty training. I advanced him energetically, though, because he was so sophisticated energetically. He was not grounded at all to the planet. I did a lot of pulling brilliant mind energy down to anchor him and to balance him, to integrate him into this world. So let's talk about your child. If you see any of these patterns... In your kids, if you see any of these things I'm talking about, by all means, take them to an energy healer, get them cleared. Because kids are like sponges. They're super, super clear. They're just sponging up our shit, our energy, our negativity. If you've been exposed to something violent and that violent energy is around you and then you're around your kid, that's going to get into your kid. If your kid has a sleepover somewhere and that person has dark energy or a ghost in their home, your kid's going to come home with that in their field. For some reason, as you probably noticed listening to all this, boys seem to be the target. Let's look at that. It's like there's this unseen spiritual warfare happening and we are clueless. We don't realize it's happening. We are just labeling them with all these mental conditions and these things wrong with our kid. Or we're just saying, oh, they're just boys or they're just kids. That's not what I'm seeing in the healing room. That's not what's showing up. What's showing up is we need to lead them. We need to guide them. We need to clear them. We need to pray for them. 
we need to make sure they are protected. When a boy is having an outrage or anger, and I'm targeting boys here just because that's most of my practice of kids. But if your girl has these same things, by all means, take this on, listen closely. If your boy is enraged, it's not him. He does not need you to dominate at him, yell at him and make it worse. He needs you to clear him and ground him and calm him. Because if he's angry, there's energy stuck in him that he can't flush out. He's unable to connect to source above him. He's unable to get a flow of light through him to the ground. And maybe you are too. Maybe he's learning this from us, the parents, the adults. Maybe he's learning it from the society. Maybe the earth is no longer able to ground him because we have so many frequencies passing back and forth across it from our technology. We don't know why. We don't know exactly why. But I do know what to do about it. And that's what this show is going to be about. As you can see from what I explained from the healing room, they're ungrounded. Let me give you sort of a definition, an energetic definition of ungrounded. Fear, out of control, unbalanced, can't clear their emotions, can't think clearly, can't hold still, can't be silent, can't entertain themselves. But if your kid is grounded, they're calm, they're peaceful, they're present, they're powerful, they're unafraid, they can move energy. So how then shall we raise them? (laughs) How shall we guide them? How shall we parent them? What is our role in this? What are we supposed to do? The first thing I would say we're going to do is we're going to listen, we're going to pay attention, we're going to get grounded ourselves, we're going to connect to source more, we're going to bring God into our home or the light, Buddha, whatever you call it. Bring a calm, powerful energy into your child, into your home. Clear your house, open your windows, put flowers in the room. Clear your child's room. Pull them into you. Turn off the technology. Turn off the TV. Breathe. Put your own phone down. I remember when my teenager, my 18-year-old, was in middle school, she pointed out that I was on my phone, that I was constantly texting, setting up appointments, and talking to friends. And I thought, oh, wow, okay, that's cool to know. From then on, my phone stays in the bathroom or in another room. And I check them when I'm in there after I wash my hands, or I check them in the bedroom. But it stays out. When there are children in front of me, no phone. So we're going to go to a commercial break, but when we come back, I'm going to hit the second part of the show, which is all about how to discipline them, how to ground them, how to give them boundaries. I'll be right back. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Do you sometimes feel stuck, blocked, or simply not yourself? Do you want to feel happier, brighter, and lighter? Ariel Hardy, energy healer since 1996, can help by reconnecting you energetically to God, to the earth, and to your own spirit. Ariel can help heal the heart wounds from hurtful relationships and help get you back into your body and your power after experiencing life's traumas. Ariel can work on you anywhere in the world, communicating with you as she works through phone or Skype. Please visit the contacts page at arielenergyhealer.com to request an appointment. Would you like to learn how to do energy healing work yourself? 
Self-taught healer Ariel Hardy has created instructional videos for you to learn from. In these videos, Ariel shares tips and tricks of the trade from her unique style of healing work. Please visit her videos page at arielenergyhealer.com. That's A-R-I-E-L energyhealer.com. is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You are listening to Energetically Speaking. Ariel Hardy would love to hear from you with any questions or comments about the show. Send an email to ariel at arielenergyhealer.com That's A-R-I-E-L at arielenergyhealer.com now back to energetically speaking welcome back today's show is called spiritual parenting and we just talked about what i see in the energy healing room if you're just now tuning in you have to re-listen to that if you missed that part so this part of the show is going to be all about discipline and i don't mean dominating and barking out the rules and okay all hands on deck here's what we're gonna do you know because what happens then is you kill the spirit in your kids You're not empowering them. You're just making them like your little soldiers, your little slaves, like doing all the work that you're telling them to do. And they just start dumbing down. They just start getting quieter and more reserved. And they see this big separation between you and them. You're the authority. And they're just this person working there for you. Or you're in control of them. And what will happen is they will totally rebel against you in their later years when you really need them to be close to you so that they will come to you and ask for your guidance in very dangerous things they might be involved in as they get into the teen years. Here in the U.S., we've swung the opposite way. You know, we're not most of us. Let me rephrase that. Most of us are not hitting our kids or whipping our kids anymore, but we're trying to do this other kind of parenting where we've over-empowered the children. So we're being run over by our kids here in the U.S. Let me give you an example of this. I could not even sit in my backyard at my other house because there was a sweet little family out back across the alley and there was a little boy and a little girl and there was the mom and the dad and they had a beautiful home and a cute little yard and they would have these Sunday cookouts in the yard. And oh my God, I thought I would go insane. The kids would be melting down. Stop, he started it. And they were like straining their voices to be heard. I could just imagine the veins popping out of their neck and their faces all red. And she did this to me, he did this to me. And they were needy, needy. It was like parental abuse. And the parents were just quietly, quietly trying to just calm everybody down and work it out. The parents were being too nice. So if we were to rewrite that scene, I would have the parents just get into their power, not yelling, screaming at the children, beating the children, but into their spiritual aligned, centered power. So for example, if a kid is fighting over a toy or a game, right? This is normal. This happens all the time, but it drives us insane as parents. Keep your vibe high, do to do, walk over, just pull the toy out before they even know what's happening. Put it away. Put it somewhere where they can't find it. Say they melt down and scream. They want their toy back. They want it back. You don't give the toy back. You ignore them. Do do do. You can start singing if you want to. My kids used to say, <laughs> well, now they say, now that they're 24 and 18, they say, when mama started singing, you knew we were in trouble. <laughs> and it was my way of just love. La, la la, I don't hear this. I don't see this. Have your meltdown. Get it out. You need to get it out anyway. 
So my theory when I was raising my daughters was they are the princesses and I would treat them as such. And I was the queen above the princesses. So I would move as if I was in this graceful state constantly above their bickering, quarreling, whining, whatever was happening. So what it should look like is, say, I'd be leaving the playground. I would simply say, okay, kids, time to go. And I would start walking. You hear these parents like, five more minutes, four more minutes. And the kids aren't even listening. And they're having breakdowns, just getting from the playground to the car. It should look graceful. You should be the mother duck and they're just following along behind you. When your kids are bickering or quarreling, like the neighbors, let's just use that as an example. If I were to rewrite that, what I would do is have that parent walk over and say, okay, no talking or playing together for the next two hours. And that's that. And if they break that rule and they start playing, you just go take away what they're doing. But you stay on top of it with action. You're not repeating yourself. You're not saying it again. And you're not just talking, talking. You're just calm, beautiful, graceful action. The cool thing about this game is they talk to you. All of a sudden, your kids are like centering and grounding because they're having a conversation with you and getting out of the dynamic that they're stuck in with each other. It breaks that pattern. They quit fighting. One time at Christmas, my kids had been fighting and we lived in the small carriage house and They had already been through this twice that week. Usually three times is the charm when it comes to this kind of parenting. So it was like three o'clock Christmas Eve and they start fighting. You can't fight in a small carriage house. And so I was like, okay, no talking till tomorrow at three. They were like, what, what? So I had the most amazing Christmas Eve. They were around me, cuddling with me, talking to me, helping me cook all Christmas Day. They were opening their presents, talking to me, hugging me, listening to music. And then when three o'clock came, they were best friends and they played and they played and they played and they never, ever, ever fought again. They then had a respect for each other. They learned, uh, don't do that. If your child throws a huge temper tantrum over this, great. Ignore it. Let them get it out. Just ignore it. You can start playing a game beside them or coloring beside them. And maybe it'll sidetrack them into doing what you're doing, into joining you. You know, kids are constantly asking questions about what's going to happen next. What's next? Just breathe and say, well, right now I'm being in the moment. Right now we're doing this. Most parents are kind of like half in their power, half out. Like parents will ignore everything going on. That's different than what I'm talking about where you intentionally do it. They're just kind of ignoring it because they don't want to deal with it and don't know how to deal with it. And then they blow up and then the kid feels terrible about themselves. And then the parent feels totally guilty for yelling at the kid. And then you've got this drama in your house that just keeps repeating itself. The other thing happening here in the U.S. at least is kids are ignoring parents because <laughs> they know the parents don't mean it. I'm going to pick on my friend right now. I can hear her laughing as I tell this. So I went to her house. <laughs> she had four little children all under the age of five that she was watching. And they were so cute, little blonde kids with their little red apples. And she kept talking to me. And then she'd yell out to the other room, hey, guys, eat your apples at the table, please. And then she keep talking to me, guys, eat your apples at the table, please. And they were just walking all around with these apples. So if we were to rewrite this, and she and I went through this together, and she loved it. 
she would just keep talking to me, do, 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 and yeah, 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 just kind of making it up if she went, even if she lost her train of thought. And she would just go take the apple out of the kid's hand and put it on the table. And usually a little kid will just go over, sit down and start eating their apple. But if they went and they picked it up and they left, good, take the apple again, simply put it in the compost for the chickens. But you just keep talking as if you aren't really putting tons of attention into this. This is just normal. This is just correction. It's just little correction with no words. You say it one time. Please eat your apples at the table. That's it. You never say it again. If your kid has a meltdown over this, awesome. They need to have a meltdown. Let's talk about reasoning with your kids. I met this poor boy who was so intelligent, so smart, only child. And he threw the ball once again down the steps and he was told never to do that again. And his parents would sit down and reason with him and talk to him. Why did you do Let's discuss this. So they were talking to his brain. And the kid was just like, I don't know. He would start hitting himself in the head over and over. It was the very beginning stages of self-harm, right? Just hitting himself in the head because he's not perfect. And he didn't know why he kept doing this when he was told he was not supposed to do this and he couldn't get it right. Well, of course he did it. He's a boy. He's a kid. So the way to stay out of this loop where you make your kid feel bad about himself and like he needs to be perfect is you just simply do to do walk over catch the ball as it comes down the steps put it away then the kid sits there all weirded out like am I in trouble I can't tell if I'm in trouble or not yeah but they get it the ball's now gone they have to go find something else to do let's talk about time out so here in the U.S. it's popular to put your little kid in time out when they're being angry or frustrated. But if we look at this energetically, the reason they're angry is they've got gray energy stuck in them. They've got something black stuck in them or they're not grounded and they're just spiraling out of control and they need calmed and centered. So we want to make sure that time out is this spiritual sanctuary. It needs to be a place where they get regrounded, recentered, reset. You can make this a fairy tent in your house. You can make this an area of the kitchen floor. You can put them in their room if you trust them alone in the room. You can put them in a special chair. And in those areas, keep really cool things that they can do, like crayons, paper, Legos, something they can build, something they can quietly just listen to their own breathing and do in silence. No talking in timeout. You can play beautiful music. When you see that your child is calm, go join them. Go sit down and enjoy that moment with them. No talking, just keep coloring. If they start talking, stand up and leave. They'll use this technique the rest of their lives. They may not use Legos. Actually, I have a friend who loves to put away her kids' Legos, you know, put the different colors in the different containers. (laughs) So maybe you will do the Legos the rest of your life. But the point is that you teach them how to rebalance themselves at a young age. They'll always know how to do it. Another thing you can do is just kind of have a routine. So say your kid comes home from the other parent if they're divorced and they're totally out of control or covered in energy. Great. Without a word, go to the bathroom, put a couple of hands of salt in bath water, put some toys in there, put them in. Hang out in there. Just play some beautiful music. Hang out. Put them in the shower if you don't have a bathtub and just hang out in there with them or take them outside. Just sit with them in the grass. You know, my youngest daughter, when she would come home from preschool, I had to cook. I was a single mom. I would always just put a big bowl of water on the floor in the kitchen with all her little hard animals. And she would just take them and line them up and take them to the watering hole. Sometimes they get in the water. And it was this great calm way of just resetting her. She was in my energy. My energy was taking over the kitchen. She was in that. 
I would put my nine-year-old in a chair and put a foot bath under her feet. (laughs) That's how I cleared her from school. She would just sit there with her feet in the foot bath. You know, a lot of parents will say, here, get on my iPad or your iPad or watch this thing on my, play this game on my phone. You know, actually, you're making it worse when you do that because then their brain is engaged in this activity. Their eyes are looking at these flickering lights coming off the screens and you're totally ungrounding them and uncentering them. Chores. Let's talk about chores. You know, kids aren't grounded, so how are they supposed to do their chores? Like, doing chores is a really grounded type thing. Like, you've got to be in your body to do that. You know, it's all about action. And most kids are pretty spaced out. So, yelling at them and for not doing chores is just going to put them in a bad mood and you're in a bad mood. And my goal here for parenting is to have a high vibrational, sacred, beautiful home filled with peace. When you walk in the home, it should feel like peace. It should be your home. You set the energy. You set the tone. Not the kids. A lot of parents are just run over by their kids. This is your home. So the way that I got kids to clean their room is you make it a game. Okay, everybody pick up something red. Okay, now pick up something plastic. And they're running around getting all the plastic stuff in the thing, in the bin. Everyone pick up something fabric. And they're picking up their clothes and throwing them in. It should be fun. And then dishes. If your kid is old enough to start doing dishes. You can say, hey, I need some help with the dishes. Will you wash everything plastic? And they can wash all the containers. Yeah, you might have to go back and redo them, but it's fun for them. They start feeling responsible. They start feeling like, wow, chores are fun. Will you clean everything metal? Will you clean everything pottery? You know, you just give them, can you can you wash all the orange dishes? So you want to get the focus off of getting the chore done and done right and like you're the drill sergeant in your home and onto the energy. The most important thing in your home should be the energy of everyone. Give them opportunities to succeed. You know, give them chores like carrying a bowl of something to the table. And then all you're doing after that is praising them. You're constantly praising them for what they're doing well. Let's talk about bath time, brushing teeth, story time. You know, this is the point in the day where all parents look like they're just ready to fall on their faces and have their own timber tantrum on the floor or their own meltdown. So what you can do is go into silence. Tonight, we're going to have silence. You can turn on beautiful music. You can point with your hand, motion to the tub. If your kid doesn't want to get into the tub and it's always this big, huge dilemma to get them in the tub, you know, you can just say, oh, shoot, I really wanted to read you a story tonight, but I guess we can't. And then if they still don't get in the tub, do not read them that story. You have to follow through. You say things once and follow through. These kids are brilliant. You just say it once. So let's start summing up this whole way of parenting. The goal is high vibe. The goal is more silence, more calm, more centeredness. You know, when I visit my friends, they're always talking, talking, talking to their kids, and they're doing it in this really stern voice. The kids aren't even listening. They're totally out of control. What should be coming out of your mouth is things like, Wow, you're doing so great at that. Good job. Wow, you cleaned your room. And this is what they should be hearing coming from you. The rest is done in silence and action. Silence and action. You're sitting around the dinner table. You're like, wow, you were amazing today. Thank you so much. It's a delight to be around you. Or my friend would say to her kids, good job. Thank you for eating your apple at the table. You're such good listeners. Or, wow, you really helped me tonight with bath time. Thank you. You know what other kids would do? Other kids, they would be like screaming and being terrible at bath time. You guys are awesome. 
Never mention in front of your spouse or friends something your kid did not do well. Never let them hear that part. It's done. It's passed. It's over. They're a kid. Of course they messed up. Of course you're going to have hard days. Another thing you can do is use the iPad that they're playing on or whatever technology they're playing on to get them to do things. You, you can use it as a reward. They're addicted to it anyway, so use it as a reward. So my boyfriend's son had a fever. He's five. And, you know, he feels so sick. Of course, he didn't want to drink any fluids. He didn't even want to sit up, much drink, less drink fluids. But if he didn't drink, he wasn't going to get well. So I had to think fast on my feet. And I was like, you know, you have to get creative. So I was like, hmm. I'll hold this glass with this cool fancy straw. And if you drink all of this water, you can have your iPad back. And so every 30 minutes, we did this again. Okay, if you drink this much water, you can have your iPad back. Otherwise, it gets shut off and you could just go to sleep with no water, you know. So do you see how you set it up? You help you get them to kind of hmm, be interested in making this decision because this decision might bring the most pleasure. The other thing is not caring what other parents think. You've got to be able to do extreme things in public, especially in the beginning. (laughs) You know, that when I told you the story about me walking off the playground and my kids just come running immediately, like I'm the mother duck, that that wasn't easy. You know, that didn't just happen overnight. What I did is I actually just started leaving. (laughs) They started panicking. They start running because mama's all the way across the field getting to the car. You know, believe me, I have my eyes on them and had another parent watching out like spying. But that's how I do it. It's just like, whoa, you know, pay attention to what mom said because she means it. She's doing it. You know, I remember a time when I felt magical. I was I was the magical one. And then I had kids. And it's like the kids all of a sudden were the magical ones. Right. And it just wasn't fair because I had to be the disciplinarian all of a sudden. But you know what? It turned out to be fantastic because it made me get into my power, which is getting grounded and creative all at the same time. Like think fast on your feet. And so it was good for me to not be just the magical young person anymore, but be the person who is actually leading and being the person who's actually, actually guiding. So let's talk real quick. I'm going to go ahead and start us into the next section here. We've got one minute left before the commercial. The next section, you know, I'm just going to, going to talk about ghosts and the dark energy. If your kid says they're scared at night, I want you to take that very, very, very seriously. I tested it when my kids were little. If they told me they were scared, I'd go in their room. Sure enough, there's a reason. They're not making this up. There's a reason. And I would say in the name of God, the name of the light, I command all dark energy to be removed from this room now. And I would take my favorite essential oil and water and I would just spray around the room and I would say it again and again and again. In the name of God, in the name of the light, I command all dark energy to be removed from this room now. After the commercial, I'm going to talk more about how to be that powerful spirit guide for your children. Stay tuned. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Do you sometimes feel stuck, blocked, or simply not yourself? Do you want to feel happier, brighter, and lighter? Ariel Hardy, energy healer since 1996, can help by reconnecting you energetically to God, to the earth, and to your own spirit. 
Ariel can help heal the heart wounds from hurtful relationships and help get you back into your body and your power after experiencing life's traumas. Ariel can work on you anywhere in the world, communicating with you as she works through phone or Skype. Please visit the contacts page at arielenergyhealer.com to request an appointment. Would you like to learn how to do energy healing work yourself? Self-taught healer Ariel Hardy has created instructional videos for you to learn from. In these videos, Ariel shares tips and tricks of the trade from her unique style of healing work. Please visit her videos page at arielenergyhealer.com. That's A-R-I-E-L energyhealer.com. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Listening to Energetically Speaking, Ariel Hardy would love to hear from you with any questions or comments about the show. Send an email to Ariel at arielenergyhealer.com. That's A-R-I-E-L at arielenergyhealer.com. Now back to Energetically Speaking. Hey, let's talk about the dark energy that gets into the kids. So, you know, what is that that I was talking about earlier? What do you mean? What the heck are entities? What are they? So to me, we have ghosts. Some people think, oh, they're friendly. They're not. They're living off of you. They're living off of your home. They're living off your energy. They're sucking life force from you. They may be nice. They may be loving, but it doesn't mean it's healthy for you. And it means it's probably scaring the hell out of your children. And then after ghosts, we have entities. To me, entities are kind of between ghosts and demonic energy. So they're just dark presences that aren't as extreme to me as as demons. And so that's how I sort of categorize it. And I'm constantly checking on kids and flushing them out. My kids got so many freaking energy healings in their life. (laughs) That's why they're so cool. So if you want an energy healing, arielenergyhealer.com, you can get on the homepage and just sign in or go to contacts and write me. Kids crave spiritual guidance. They crave it. It makes sense to them. We're underestimating their spirituality. They are a spirit. They relate to this. They do not think this is weird. Even teenagers love energy healing work. Most of them do not think this is something that is false or not true. They get it more than we get it. We want to empower them. We want to empower our kids to not be afraid. So there was this boy who was always afraid of the dark. You know, there were ghosts and entities in his room. Of course he was afraid of the dark. He kind of attracted them for some reason. And now they're labeling him bipolar. You can label it whatever you want to. You still need to approach it energetically. You still need to approach your child spiritually. Medication or no medication, you still need to be constantly taking what they're saying seriously and clearing around them. Because if they have fear, it's like a whistle. And they're calling more and more dark energy to them on accident. So we want to teach them not to be afraid. We want to teach them how the game works. Here's the game. You have fear, dark stuff comes. You're shaking, you're scared in your bed, more dark stuff comes to you, to your room. You feel powerful, you feel lit up, you understand the rule that if you're not afraid, then it makes the dark energy afraid, you got it. So we want to teach our kids that if they're not scared, they feel like a bright light, dark energy will flee from them no matter how tiny they are. So I taught that little boy to say, in the name of God, I command all dark energy to leave me now. And I had him imagine that he would have this white sword made of light and he would just like 
move this sword around like a lightsaber. And he would just approach the corners of his room with this. And he always would turn it around and he would say, in the name of command, I god you to leave me now. And it still worked. I tested it. <laughs> it was the intention behind it. But you teach them, say, in the name of God, I command all dark energy to leave me now. And you teach your kids that the dark energy flees from that. They can use that their whole lives. Anything they're scared of, turn on it with that power. I would also have that kid imagine that he was turning up a dimmer switch. So there was this little light inside of him. And he would turn up the switch. I would have him see the light is in his upper chest, like the soul center. I have him turn it up and it would glow bigger, 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 until he'd filled the whole room, the whole area. And then nothing could get in. His light was so big. A lot of parents will turn on the news in the morning. And we wonder why our kids are scared to death of, of thunderstorms or this or that. And it's because the first thing in the morning when they're just coming out of sleep where they've been traveling with angels and guides, all of a sudden we just hit them with this news that scares any of us, right? Make your mornings a time to connect to source. I used to build in you know, this little 15-minute segment of my morning. And I didn't tell my daughter how much time was allotted, but I would put chai in the car for her and for me, and I would put a beautiful CD in. At that time, my car had a CD player. And I would drive her to her elementary school, and I would park right outside the playground where all the kids were gathering. And we would just sit there (laughs) until she felt ready. So I'd drink my chai and listen to beautiful music, and we'd watch the kids on the playground. And then all of a sudden, she'd take a deep breath and say, love you, Mama. And she would just open the door, get out, and run out onto the playground. And then she would, like, walk powerfully across it because she was the centered, grounded child. And kids would just flock around her because they wanted to be in that power. You don't have to create that 15-minute little block. You can do things like just silence in your car on your way to school and work. You can just play music in the home and everyone is quiet. Dinner is a great time to connect on a soul level. I cannot stand low vibration in my home. I can't stand dinner conversations like, stop kicking me. Quit eating with your mouth open. Or, okay, we need to talk about the to-do list. And, um, okay, this week's schedule. Yeah, I need my dinner to be this magical moment where I am with people, like really with them. So, you know, you can ask a kid, how was your day? Fine. Good. So the way I get around that is I say, I'll point to someone and I'll go, something good, something bad. And you learn all kinds of things with that game. The kid might be like, oh, yeah, my teacher did this thing. And you're like, what? (laughs) You didn't know. And then they say something good. And they tell you something they thought was good about your day. And you're like, oh, wow, I get to learn what my kid appreciates, what they like about their day, what is good for them. One of my favorite dinnertime games that I play is Dreams and Miracles. I made this up when my kids were little. And so when you say a dream, you're talking about the future. Like, I hope that for Christmas I get this backhoe or whatever. And you're like, oh, good to know. Or I dream that at school I do well on a test. You didn't even know they had a test, you know. But when you do miracles, you're not giving thanks. You're not like, thanks for this food. A miracle is more like this. Um, my boyfriend's daughter just said recently, I wanted a bathing suit and I got it. That's a miracle. So basically, you're just teaching them the tools of co-creating, how to start creating their future. 
bit by bit, moment by moment, I wanted this and it happened. This is also a great game to play, you know, when you have a guest over, you learn a lot about your guest or your partner. You learn what they're dreaming about and what's important to them. Kids love that game, by the way. They love connecting. They don't know what to say. You guide them. It's your house, your home. Another thing you can say at the dinner table is guide them to say three good things about each other, about their parents, about each other. It just shifts that energy from low vibe to connection, soul to soul connection. Bedtime, you know, one thing you can do is have them close their eyes through one song. Imagine that light is pouring over them from head to their feet. Children are so good at visualizing and they can get through one song. They might be asleep by the end of it, but they went to sleep with light pouring through them. So now I'm going to read you a visualization I wrote for my kids to say and for some kids in my practice. So pretend I'm the kid, Ariel. If, my, if I was boy, I would just change it to son instead of daughter. So I am Ariel, daughter of the light. I wear a crown of glistening white and yellow light. A blue jewel is set in the middle of my forehead. My eyes are shining with love and wisdom. My nose is breathing in crystal clear energy. My mouth is smiling. My voice is singing and laughing. I wear a pendant of glowing phosphorus around my neck. If your kid can't say phosphorus, you can say turquoise. Or you can say blue-green around my neck. I know who I am. My heart is a shining star. Magical light sprays out from my hands when I move them. I am a powerful daughter of the light. My legs are full of joy. I love the earth. Layers of rainbow colors surround me. I am safe inside this egg of light. My spirit guides are always with me. My angels wrap me in their wings of light. I am Ariel, daughter of the light. This raises their vibration. It takes them from the top of their head all the way down through, 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 down to their feet. It gets them in their power. Say bedtime comes and you've had it. (laughs) You don't even like your children at this point. You're so tired and they put you through so much. Here's a way to just say a really quick bedtime prayer. You don't have to turn it into a big story and a big prayer and drag it on out. Just stand in the middle of the room. Put your hands up in the air and just say, I call in the angels and the guides to fill your room with light, happiness, healing, and magical dreams. Good night. I love you. And walk out. That's enough. That's enough to just bring that light in. Do it with power. So here at the end of the show today... I'm actually going to lead you guys in a spontaneous prayer like we do every show. And this prayer is going to be targeted toward my boyfriend's children. And you can focus on your children. So together, we're going to send out a prayer to someone that we love, someone that we are parenting, even if they're not your own kids. So I'm going to do some breathing. Think about your kids because we're going to be sending them energy. As an energy healer, this breathing moves the energy, massive amounts of energy. So we ask as parents, we get out of the way. We ask that our mind is cleared of our work, our problems, our bills, 
<clears throat> our worries. We ask that we are present, that our minds, our head, our brain is cleared out. And that we are here right now and that we are in tune with God, that we are in tune with the light, that we're not freaking out and stressed out inside. We ask that we are clear. So if you listen to the show I did on prayer, you'll learn all about this, how you got to clear yourself first before you can send light to someone else. Now, if you're sitting, I want you to shake your legs, bounce them like you're nervous. We're going to get the energy to go all the way down through the legs and the feet. If you're lying down, you can just shake your legs. If you're driving your car, do not shake your legs. (laughs) Breathing. If you're walking, that's great too. We bring God's light down through us. Our children, the small ones, zero to nine, they're around our legs and hips. So be sure your energy's through your legs and hips. Be sure they can feel you. If you're always in your head, they can't feel you. We ask that we are grounded. (laughs) We ourselves are grounded. That we can ground our own home. That we can ground our own children. Or the children that we love in our lives. We ask spirit guides and angels to move in and help us to parent. Help us to make quick, creative decisions. Help us to keep our cool. Help us to guide. Help us to lead. We ask that we have light moving through us from the heavens to the earth, through us, that we are a conduit of light of light for our children. So now when we're ready, we can turn and focus on the kids and we can think about them. They don't have to be with you. This is something I often do when the kids aren't with me. Like if your kid is at their other parent's house or away at camp or vacation or their grandmother's, wherever, go sit in their room and clear their room like this. Pray for them in their room or sit outside their room and pray for them when they're in their room. We ask that they are doused with beautiful yellow white light, that it just pours down over them and through them and clears them and that they feel magical and whole and peaceful. We ask that they have a big presence of calm and peace. We ask that they are centered. We ask that angelic light pours over them and through them and around them. We ask that blue calm light moves over them and pushes up against their back and releases any tight muscles. We ask that their spirit guides and their angels move around them and playfully guide them and cheer them on, make them laugh, take away the seriousness and the pressure of this life to be perfect and to do well. We ask that they feel the freedom to be themselves, to be authentic, to play, to laugh. We ask that they are wise that they see clearly, that they make clear decisions. We ask that they feel safe and they feel their spirit guides and angels around them, close to them, with them. (sighs) 
We ask that anything is cleared out in them that needs cleared, like anger or worry or fear. We ask that this is cleared in the name of God, in the name of the light. We ask that they feel so, so happy. We ask that they feel proud of who they are. That they feel this harmony between themselves and the world. Harmony between themselves and their parents and the earth. We give them over to you, God. We give them over to the light. We give them to their angels. We let go. We give them to the angels to keep them safe. We ask that they feel loved and are filled with love. We give thanks for being allowed to help raise them. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to the light. This is Ariel Hardy, Energetically Speaking. We hope you've both enjoyed and learned from this edition of Energetically Speaking. Please join your host, Ariel Hardy, again next Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. We'll see you then right here.